It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Joining us today here on our big broadcast, Dr. Stephen Farmer is with us. He is amazing. And uh, he joins us today here on the old Skip Skype, the old Skyper Rooney. And uh, Dr. Stephen, you have a tremendous background. Tell us a little bit about your background, my friend. Oh, my goodness, Dr. James. Uh, I'm a licensed psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner, um, uh, author. I published several uh, uh, several uh, products, I guess you would say. And... Uh, the latest one being this uh, book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. Yes. So it's been in that genre. I wrote a few books as a therapist and then didn't write for, for a number of years and then was introduced to shamanism. And then uh, that set the ball rolling eventually for publishing some other works that were um, shamanic in nature, but more accessible, I would say. You know, in other words, you don't have to be interested in shamanism to to understand the whole idea of spirit animals. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic. You know, for instance, yeah. So what is the, uh, what is the uh, writing process like to, to put a book like this together? Oh, my God. Well, it, it, you know, I had some experience, like I said, as a therapist. You know, many years ago, I did four different books. And I uh, have a dear friend of mine, like a brother by a different mother, who uh, had a couple of very successful books, and uh, he told me one day, he says, you know, well, you should write a book there, Stephen, you know, and I, I went, uh, okay, you know, I've written some stuff so here and there, little articles here and there, but anyway, I give him credit, his name's Alan, and I really give him a lot of credit for being a, an unhired coach <laughs> as a dear friend of mine, and he helped me put together my very first book as a therapist, that um, I recently, a few years ago, reissued as a 25th anniversary edition. Uh, it's called Adult Children of Abusive Parents. You know, it was one of the earlier books on the effects of childhood trauma. And then a couple other books followed. And then uh, a big gap of several years. And in the meantime, I was introduced to shamanism. And one thing led to another. And I started writing in that genre, like I said, of of uh, meth, uh, principles and practices from shamanism that you, that really, they're not mainstream, but they're a little closer to mainstream. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, the book is incredibly well written. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you're wanting folks to take away from this book. I'd like to, my really my mission, James, is really to inspire people as best I can uh, through my works to make a connection with spirit that is available outside your back door. In other words, um, when you go out in the natural world, there's a lot going on that is below the level of our usual awareness, or should I say above the level or outside of the level of our usual awareness. And that's to be able to, in some way, perceive how spirit uh, speaks to us and communicates with us 
And we've lost that, you know, as uh, Western civilization, you know, we've, we've forgotten all that. That's something indigenous yeah. people know. And I know that our long ago, and I mean long ago ancestors knew, it's like they would go, well, of course the world communicates, you know. <laughs> and what I find, James, is uh, given the number of uh, publications I have related to this, that animals, I think, are the most accessible to uh, understand what I'm talking about, how an animal appears to you, let's say, uh, my, my 25 words or less, James, is when an animal appears to you in an unusual way and or repeatedly, whether that's the physical animal or you could say a symbol of the animal, like a big dream or a, a poster you see somewhere yep. or a yep. TV show or something like that, because, again, we're, we're often uh, not uh, nature. The natural world is available outside the back door, but you may have to go a little ways to really encounter other kinds like bears, you know, yeah. so we might see them as symbols. And what's going on, James, is a pretty big deal. And I'm wanting to make it a big deal. Uh, what I mean by that is, th I, and I really invite your listeners to try this out. You know, don't believe me or disbelieve me. Try it out on your own. You know, see what happens. But when you do, when you do find, let's say, there's a hawk that's floating over your head, and you're going, "What the heck is that about?" Or the crow <laughs> that lands, you know, just four or five feet from you. Or you wake up with a big dream about, let's say, a giraffe or anything like that, you know, particularly wild animals, those um, not domesticated like cats, dogs, etc., but wild animals that you may or may not run into in the physical form, but they're certainly abundantly apparent uh, in the non-physical or the symbolic form. So one way to explain what's going on is that um, great spirit, or some people would prefer God, Great Spirit or Source or any of those names that we might give for the one, uh, but we'll, call, we'll say Great Spirit, is really trying to help you along your, your life path. And by doing so, by delivering messages, signs, omens, etc., not just with animals, but with all sorts of things. Have you ever had something, James, where you just kept coming up again and again and again? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what I mean. Thank you. Thank you for confirming that. Yeah. Again and again and again, that kind of repetition, sometimes termed uh, Carl Jung, uh, uh, Freud's cohort, coined it synchronicity. It's like when the universes collide, I think is one way to put it. And really, they're like tapping, uh, uh, great spirits tapping you on the shoulders and saying, James, hey, James, okay, you missed it that time, dude. All right, let's go on. Oh, show him again. Okay, James, no. Oh, okay, he got an inkling that time. How about let's try for three? And bingo, you, know, <laughs> you, you start to realize, oh, there's some kind of message coming through here. Well, as I said, I, animals see, not seem, they are the most accessible, I think, in general. Uh, most people love animals, you know, domesticated animals in particular, but even wild animals, you know, probably uh, fewer people love <laughs> wild animals, you know, it just depends on what you're raised with. But yeah, we're talking about um, messages from spirit that show up in a certain physical form that we can then relate to the spirit of that form, that being an animal. So hawks flying overhead. I'm looking up and I'm going, what the heck is that? You know, he's like following me. I'm walking along and he keeps flying overhead. Now, is that unusual? Not 
you know, it's been, it's happened on occasion. But at that particular time, James, I'm really paying attention. And I'm going, okay, I just heard this uh, farmer guy talk about this stuff, so I'm going to check this out. And there's certain ways then once you identify that as a physical rep or symbolic, but a physical representation of the spirit or the, the collective consciousness of all that particular being. In other words, oh, that's a big deal. If you think about it, collective consciousness of hawks, yeah, let's call it that. So we call it, we refer to that as hawk spirit or the spirit of hawk. So thank you for the physical showing up so that it gets my attention. That's awesome. And then we go from there to figuring out what the heck the message is. Does that make sense? Oh, I'll tell you, you've got a heck of a deal here. We have got... Dr. Stephen Farmer with us today. Get more information on his website, drstephenfarmer.com. His latest book is amazing. What are some of uh, some of the different feedback you've gotten on this book so far? Well, people love it. I'll give you one example. is my daughter and my granddaughter. My uh, granddaughter is 10 years old. She's an avid reader. And so Catherine, my daughter, and Lila is my granddaughter's name. Catherine and Lila read a story every night. The uniqueness, James, of this book, I've got, you know, other um, publications, uh, Animal Spirit Guides, Pocket Guide to Spirit Animals, Power Animals, uh, Oracle Cards, uh, Power Animals, Oracle Cards, etc., Children's Spirit Animal Cards, which are a very popular product. So I've been steeped in this. You know, I keep thinking I'm working. I'm, I keep thinking I'm self-employed, James, but I think I'm being employed in another way, you know, with the spirit animals and teaching about it, encouraging, inspiring people, etc. So they read uh, the construction. I'll come back to my daughter and granddaughter in a sec, but the construction of the book is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Ariel of Sacred Stories, a publisher, came up with this idea of having a series she calls it common sentience. And she's chosen different authors, including myself, for a specific topic. Mine, of course, is spirit animals, whereas uh, uh, others are writing about angels, um, ascension, oh gosh, ancestors, and a few others like that. And the uniqueness of it is that as an author, what and my familiarity with the topic, I've written... Uh, the front part and the back part. You know, what are spirit animals, etc. to the front, and then a, uh, a section on the back. And also, I've shared a couple of my stories. And then, this is the uniqueness. There are several others, uh, stories were elicited about, well, what's, you ever run into a spirit animal that's been significant? And people have just sent a whole, a whole bunch of people sent stuff, and out of that... <laughs> has been called about 27, I think it is, stories. Very short, two, three-page stories of brief encounters that this person has had with a spirit animal. I think that is fabulous. So what's the takeaway? You know, what, what will people walk away with from reading this? Here is my, what I, I trust is going to happen, and I'm certain it will is you walk away with a, a greater sense of wonder and awe. That's one thing. Second is you walk away with specifics. Like, oh, 
okay, this has worked for a lot of people. And I do uh, want to find as much guidance as possible that helps me along my life path. And here's a uh, quite a readily available teacher, so to speak, or guide that can show up in my life. So I'm going to pay more attention to what animals show up in the way I've described it, unusual, repeatedly in a short space of time. And then as people do that, they begin to, they begin to have experiences, just like those that are written in the book. And, and you begin to see um, the, the magicalness and the, the mystical, but in a mystical in a very grounded way. You think mystical is like, ooh, you know, off in the ethers, but no, it's it's mystical in a sense, but it's also very, very practical and very grounded. That's what I like. I'm Capricorn, Earth sign, triple Earth sign, and I'm very pragmatic, you know, in many ways. And to me, even though maybe some would dismiss it, um, I, I think it's a very practical way because, James, we all need a little help. Yes. <laughs> Especially yes. in very challenging times, you know, so <laughs> I feel very blessed and honored that I'm able to offer this. And encourage people to take take advantage of the gifts that uh, can be brought to you in this way, the gift of guidance. And as you agree, yes, we need that help. Yeah, we do. That is that is one thing for sure. We have got a great guest with us today. The fantastic Dr. Stephen Farmer is with us. He's a licensed psychotherapist, soul healer, author of several best-selling books. And uh, he joins us today here on our big broadcast. The website, of course, is drstephenfarmer.com. This book, absolutely amazing. Uh, Animals is getting a lot of praise. Tell me about some of the different reviews you've gotten on this so far, because you've gotten several people that have uh, reached out to you and uh, provided some incredible feedback on this book. Uh, Yeah, in fact, I just checked uh, the other day. And there were, uh, at that time, 11 reviews on Amazon, and all of them were five-star. I think that speaks tons right there. Um, It's, uh, excuse me, it's uh, comments like, it's inspired me, it's renewed my faith. Uh, I really love animals, and this is an additional way to view animals. Things like that, the comments that have been made. Or that the stories are just amazing. Just, uh, oh. you know, and mystical and magical. I, I, first, I, I was recalling the title of this book. I never read it years ago. It came out by Bruno, Bruno Bettelheim. I love the title, James. It's The Re-Enchantment of the World. Isn't that a great That's title? That's fantastic. The Re-Enchantment that, fantastic. that we can be enchanted by the world. You know, we've we've lost that ability to be enchanted, that ability to make connections in a different way with the natural world. It's not there for our use. You know, uh, we lost that compatibility that, again, our long-ago ancestors had. Um, The good news, and I, I like to focus on that, is that there is this awakening process going on in human consciousness that we're awakening to different realities, realities that exist right just outside our own skin. And what uh, different teachers that are showing up, and there are quite a few more and more, plus just individuals that are going, wait a minute, you know, there's a different way to 
consider the world, to think about the world. One of the things that I preach, if you will, in this book is the give back or the reciprocity. Uh, I love that term reciprocity, James. Uh, Robin Wall Kimmerer, K-I-M-M-E-R-E-R, wrote a book recently, or it's been published for a couple of years now, called The Braiding Sweetgrass. And she's both Native American as well as a biologist. So she gets both the science perspective and the Native American perspective on how to regain that capacity to relate to the world in a different way. And that's what's going on, James. That's what's exciting for me is to participate in this in, in my own small way by um, writing, teaching, etc., uh, about these various topics, one of which is, of course, spirit animals, and definitely one of my favorites. That's awesome. It is Dr. Stephen Farmer. He's with us today here on our big program, talking a little bit about just this incredible, incredible book. He leads the pack with his new book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. He's got a brand new book, and uh, this is amazing. So, Dr., You've put this book together. You've got this out there. Uh, why is sharing your personal spiritual stories of our experiences with spirit animals important? Break this down for us a little bit more in detail. Okay, great. Here's, here's why. is that it inspires us to really have a different point of view or perspective on the relationship we have with these, these wonderful, amazing beings. Uh, second is... We are animals, James. <laughs> you know, sometime maybe well, yeah. roughly 200,000 years ago, an ape got up and walked. <laughs> and the rest is history, as they say. Um, even uh, our connection to the animal world goes back uh, literally millions of years. You know, who came first on this planet? You know, the plants and the animals were here before us. And through whatever, whatever explanation you want to provide for that, here we are today. You know, we've come uh, a long ways as a species. And we have this self-reflective consciousness, which you could uh, talk to different people as to what's the theory or explanation of that. But the important thing, again, in spite of this um, self-reflective consciousness, which I think uh, has a potential to breed sort of an arrogance, you know, and a separateness from the natural world. So part of what this will accomplish and what I trust will do when people come across this or my other publications too, but this one in particular, since it's fresh, is to inspire others, again, to make a different sort of relationship, to create a different relationship with the natural world. I use simple things. Like I, I live in a very suburban neighborhood, James. You know, I'm sometimes amazed at that. I thought, you know, someday I'd be living out by a lake with, you know, 30 acres. But, you know, this is where I'm at. And this is where life has taken me. And I'm fine with that. It's a great neighborhood. But I know I walk about four doors down when I take my dogs walking. There's a magnificent tree there. I couldn't even tell you what kind of tree it is, but I'll stop <laughs> And I'll gaze at this tree just in awe of the magnificence and the beauty of this being. (laughs) And there is a life force or a spirit that animates this being, animates all sentient beings. So, um, while I wandered into some word, uh, uh, some description there, 
and I lost the question, but basically, what, what, how will this serve? It was another way I would phrase it. And I think it serves for people to connect with a deeper part, a, a deeper ancestral part of themselves that is connected to the animals. I'll give you a, for instance, in a broader scale, okay. is uh, are we related to plants? Are plants our ancestors? Huh, whoa, that's a, that's a tough one to get your head around. That's why I say working with animals and spirit animals is a little easier to relate to. But there's an old Hawaiian religion that believes the taro plant is the original ancestor. A little twist on Adam and Eve, isn't it? <laughs> yep. In a way, yep. and I'm veering off a little bit, but let's bring it back to spirit animals, James. There's great stories in here. Uh, if I may recount one of the stories that just, you know, uh, made me cry. Uh, and that is this uh, animal communicator, which uh, is a gift that somebody, some people have uh, the ability to really pay attention and listen and, and understand communication from animals. I do okay with that, but that's not my main gig. My main gig is spirit animals. Anyway, Laura Raleigh, who is one of the contributors, um, describes this story. She was called to uh, attend to, tend to a horse that was on, was going to be euthanized. There was a veterinarian there and <clears throat> the owner of the horse. And uh, the horse had a huge tumor on its side and it was inoperable. So the merciful thing to do was to euthanize the horse. What happened though is very, very interesting is the, um, I want to say the owner, <clears throat> the mom's daughter, the mom was with the horse, but the mom's daughter had an inoperable brain tumor. Oh, wow. And it, miraculously cleared. So when Laura got there and tuned into the horse, she heard in her mind's voice, I took it from her. And Laura went, what? I took it from her. And then it was an aha moment. She went, oh, this horse took the tumor from the girl that the horse loved and that girl that loved the horse so deeply and so profoundly that it's almost incomprehensible when you look at it logically, but it's completely understandable when you look at it as a miracle. And more pointedly to the theme of the book, there was an animal communication. The spirit of this animal was able to reach out to this girl and somehow, inexplicably, be able to take on that tumor and sacrifice his life for the one he loved. Isn't that poetic? Just amazing. I mean, that, that's the most, I want to say the most astounding because they're all the stories that have a, have an aha moment, but that was, a, that was a, that's the lead story. And I tell you, when I read it, I went, oh, you know, brought me to tears. Just so touching. We have got a tremendous guest with us today. Dr. Stephen Farmer joins us here on our big program, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on iHeartRadio today and also AMFM247.com. So what exactly, I know there's going to be a lot of folks in the audience that are going to be exact asking this, and I know we've kind of went over this a little bit, but um, what are exactly spirit animals and why do they say they they basically are spiritual allies because you hear this term 
thrown around a lot. Oh, blah, blah, blah is my spirit animal. You explain it a little bit more detail in the book, but for, for folks listening that are thinking about picking up the book, explain it a little bit more detail for us. Oh, sure, James. Uh, not a problem. Uh, when, when someone says, you know, my spirit animal is, let's say, hawk. Yeah. And notice I don't say the hawk or a hawk or an hawk. It's hawk. Yeah. So the elimination of the an and the really has an implication. It's a different way of languaging it. I would say my uh, spirit animal is um, wolf or my spirit animal is giraffe or my spirit animal is dolphin. What people really are saying is that there's a long term relationship with that spirit animal. And that is, um, again, one that has uh, a greater consistent and over time familiarity with the individual, <clears throat> with the person who has adopted or has been adopted by a particular spirit animal. There's a term that comes out of shamanism. And I actually there's the name of a book, too, and some oracle cards, power animals. And what people typically say my spirit animal is, what they're talking about in the way I think about it is that's their power animal. Power animal comes from shamanism and that the shaman or the shamanic practitioner typically has at least a couple of spirit animals that have, um, that he's de- he or she, he's developed a relationship with that serves them both. In other words, that that power animal helps that shamanic practitioner to do what they are to do, which is this gift of being able to communicate with spirit guides, not just animal spirit guides, but others as well, and serve the community, the individual, etc., with the information that are gleaned for healing that individual family or community. So that's the shamans. It's a, shamanism is a healing practice that's been around for thousands of years. You know, and it's only recently that it's come to light in the last about 35, 40 years as a possibility for uh, many people who are drawn to it. So when someone says my spirit animal is, uh, part of my teachings is that's probably you could say power animal. It's a source of power, guidance, a consistent source of power and guidance and um, care and giving you signals and and warnings if need be versus an animal spirit guide may be only an occasional visit it may be a one-time deal the hawk flying overhead the dolphin you see that's swimming close to shore and seems to track you as you're moving along you know the the snake that's on the ground that is not a poisonous snake and not threatening but is indicating something to you by the the unusual appearance of that particular animal so that's an animal spirit guide or spirit animal. I use those terms interchangeably. Whereas we shift over to power animal, that's what that's a long-term relationship. Another term that's used uh, quite frequently is totem animal. And I I don't care whether you call it a spirit animal, totem animal, power animal. Yeah, it, it's up to you. I'll tell you what I my take on it. You do what you want with it. But a totem animal, often people uh, when they say that's my spirit animal, they say that's my totem animal. That's fine. Go for it. However, what I've come to conclude is that a totem animal really is one that's shared by a group, a clan, a community, etc. Think totem poles, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, and you'll see about four or five um, 
uh, one on top of the other stacked into the totem pole. And what that is, is typically each of those animal representations are the totem animals for the, a clan or a number of clans in the tribe, whereas the one on top is the one for the overall community or tribe. And again, it's not, uh, it's up to you, you know, if you want to call it totem, that's fine. Uh, uh, I heard recently of a 12-step group that met regularly and they, they adopted a totem animal, for instance. But our main concern here is with spirit animals, animal spirit guides, or perhaps power animals. And again, it's a term from shamanism, but it's not exclusive to shamanism. Uh, I, because of my shamanic work and shamanic practice, uh, I, over many years, at, over time, have, uh, shall we say, acquired or accumulated, or sometimes I think they've acquired me, four different um, spirit animals that I term my power animals. And I have been um, permitted, shall we say, to talk about them because this is what I teach. So the one that's been with me longest is snake, snake spirit. Came to me in a men's workshop deal, an exercise we did. And I went, that's interesting, snake spirit. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have any idea. You know, there was a spirit animal until later. So snake has been with me continuously over... 30, 30 plus years, I, I'd have to think, you know, when that first came to me, when he first came to me. <clears throat> Snake's medicine, you could say, is healing. Um, there's, uh, there's a whole, I could do an hour on snake medicine, <laughs> but we'll just call it snake medicine. You know, it's about myself as a healer, both as a psychotherapist and as a shamanic practitioner and all the training I've had. You know, that's what I'm here for to teach and to heal, period, that's it. And how it's manifested is manifested in different ways over the years, over my lifetime. The second one that came to me, um, James, I had a very active uh, psychotherapy practice, and uh, then I took a two-day course on shamanism, just an introductory course. Yeah. And man, I walked out of there, I went, this is it. You know, I was on fire, okay, <laughs> what else? I, you know, I took training after training, you know, really steeped myself in shamanic practice to the point where I, I retired my, my psychotherapy practice. Even though I maintained my license, I retired the practice itself and moved into shamanic healing. And that's when I started writing books about, uh, related to shamanism, but a little more mainstream. First book was called Sacred Ceremony. How's that? You know, <laughs> Is that shamanic? Well, yes, but it's not a, It's not the, the exclusive domain of shamanism. Anyway, uh, so Owl was the next one that came to me. Owl was great medicine for uh, working in uh, a psychotherapy practice because Owl is very capable of seeing in the darkness. Another a metaphor for working with people's shadows. You know, those things that the parts of themselves they put behind out of shame, guilt, peer pressure, etc. Yeah. And then over the years, Al moved out, Raven came in, uh, Tortoise came in, and uh, Snake has stayed with me, Wolf has stayed with me, and uh, 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 Raven and, and um, I was going to say Raven and Al, uh, forgive me, but Raven and Wolf. Uh, consistent guides. They're powerful guides. Raven calls me out on my stuff from time to time. Wolf is always with me, whether I'm aware of it or not. Uh, I feel very safe and very protected in so many different ways. Thank you, Wolf. Thank you, Raven. And thank you, Tortoise, for reminding me to stay grounded 
to help me know when to move forward, when to pull back. And um, certainly thank you to Snake Spirit, you know, for um, your healing capacity always with me when I'm doing healing work. Fantastic. Well, doctor, before we let you go, how do people get your book and get involved with what you're doing online and, and everywhere else? Uh, thanks, James, for asking. Yeah, the, you mentioned the website a couple of times, drdrstephenfarmer.com. That's the best place to uh, you know, get more information. There's videos, there's articles, etc. Uh, and also Facebook, of course, you know, uh, which is uh, it's big, you know, it's a big part of life right now. But go to uh, Dr. Stephen Farmer on Facebook and there you'll see further information and you can find the book you can uh, go to the website get the book there i'll sign a copy for you if you you choose to do that or you can go directly to amazon it's available there and i think uh, probably even in bookstores at this point i'm not sure but that's those are the couple ways that you can access the book and i do know i i know you'll enjoy it i know it'll be inspiring for you fantastic well i appreciate you making time for us today Thanks for coming on our program. You have been amazing, Doctor, and I hope to uh, do this again at some stage of the game. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you soon. Anytime, James. Thank you. You're a great host, and I appreciate the accolades. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Doctor. There he goes. That's Dr. Stephen Farmer, and uh, that is that. Thanks for joining us. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.